Hey, CLC family, Christian here with Bob. Hey, it's great to be here on March 28th. March 28th. April's here, which means Easter is just about here too. Um, but hey, we're so glad to be able to connect with you from right here at the CLC in our studio. This is episode 12 of our sermon Q&A. As you know, it's just a space where we kind of dive uh, a bit more deeper into last Sunday's sermon where Bob answers your questions that you guys have submitted. So uh, we have a handful of them today, so we're pretty excited. Um, so uh, are you, you ready to jump in? Sure, let's jump right in. Okay, usually what we start uh, is we got this fancy timer right here. We'll do two minutes of sermon recap, seven minutes of just kind of diving a bit more deeper into the sermon in ways that maybe Bob couldn't on Sunday, and then we'll wrap up with eight minutes of questions and answers and uh, and pondering and wrestling. So um, yeah, we'll start with two minutes on the clock, and you can give us a two-minute recap. Okay, awesome. Um, this, this text, like the whole book of Ephesians we've said, is bringing heaven to us before we experience the new heavens, new earth. And he talks about spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the passage breaks down really quite easily. It's about our attacker, uh, which involves Satan, but also the principalities, authorities. I don't even think uh, there's a clear delineation of what that all has to mean, Mm -hmm. Um, but it just means that there's a complex supernatural force that opposes us at every juncture. And he he starts at that just so we realize that there's more than meets the picture and that we don't just blame other people or even blame ourselves. Sometimes we just run up against a force field. Yeah. And it is it is Satan's activity. The attacker, then the armor, uh, and the pieces of armor. I mean, Paul's chained, um, and probably looking at a Roman soldier. But I think that his inspiration comes more from Isaiah 54, where mm. uh, where it speaks of um, Christ putting on the full armor for us, and it's it's really about putting Jesus on fully yeah. to protect us. And then the final verse is about the aid of prayer. So I always like to think of it as the attacker, the armor, and then. The way we get that armor on and stay in it is um, through praying uh, in the spirit at all times and all occasions. Yeah. And kind of a comprehensive reminder about a reality that I think um, is always there in the New Testament. But yeah. the big deal is the kingdom and God and the Holy Spirit are greater than these things. But yeah. uh, we do well to be reminded uh, yeah. that work. So, There's a hopeful tone there. A hope, yeah. A hopeful tone and also not – he's not spooked. He's not yeah. – um, you know, obsessed with this, uh, but he wants the church to know that it's not just because of our own weakness or, you know, stubbornness in the, our own flesh or the world. It's yeah. there are forces that are opposing yeah. the advancement of Christ's cause. Yeah. And just wicked forces that want to uh, malign God in every way they can. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Appreciate you mentioning that. Um, I think it's like goes in line really well with like, you know, we've been going through like this idea of God's making all things new, even you. Um, but then we do have to address that there are some forces that are at odds to that or trying to kind of combat that. So I think it's just such a perfect, and that's our last, this is our last sermon in this series, um, but kind of a good way to kind of um, mention that or touch base on that stuff. Yeah. Sometimes I like Venn diagrams, you know, where they have the three circles. And yeah. if you drew the world, the flesh, and the devil, and you yeah. said, like, there's a place where the three circles intersect. Yeah. yeah. That's where you're really, you're really sunk, where your own heart doesn't want to do it. Satan is also reinforcing yeah. that, yeah. you know, and the world itself, yeah. you know. And, but they all can operate. And Paul seemed to know, I don't always know which one it is. Yeah. I don't always know. I wake up in a cranky mood and like, is that me in a bad night's sleep? Am yeah. I being slimed with some supernatural force sure. against me? Yeah. Uh, is it just the world I lived in? I let myself watch a lousy TV show and yeah. that was my meditation and I just yeah. woke up with that. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and I don't, I don't always have to know. Yeah. I don't have to say, you know, Lord, I want to open myself to your work today. Sure. Yeah. You know, just the awareness of those things at work is a huge thing. So, um, work. Seven minutes now for uh, kind of anything that we didn't cover. So I'm going to set the timer. Uh, and I always kind of start with this question like, hey, is there something that you wish you had time to say on Sunday that you didn't say that you'd like to, you know, express a bit more or dive into a bit more deeply? I think the pieces of that armor that I just, I hope, I hope that I get in the sense is like there are pieces of that armor that never change and never fluctuate. Yeah. You know, like the righteousness and the free gift of, uh, acceptance and adoption I have as, the, as being blessed in the heavenly places with every spiritual blessing. Like that's Ephesians 1, like just and realizing that gift of righteousness and realizing how important that is in just my whole self-image. And I had a quote there I didn't read by a guy named Henry Nowen. Mm. And, and he talked about spiritual warfare in this. He said that um, he thought that while success and accomplishing things are present a bad temptation to us often, mm. But he said that there is a, a tape we play kind of underneath where he says, when we come to believe in the voices that call us worthless and unlovable, um, that's when success, popularity, and power are perceived as attractive solutions. And he says, self-rejection is the greatest enemy of spiritual life because it contradicts the sacred voice that calls us the beloved. Hmm. And, you know, when you're aware, when I'm aware I'm the beloved, I'm not prideful i'm kind of amazed i'm yeah. soft-hearted i'm yeah. like aware of what i'm walking in and he this is like that's the danger and that's why the gospel continually is reminding us of that and yeah. i think he develops in in matthew 3 again you have jesus baptism and god says this is my beloved son in whom i am delighted yeah and then he goes to face the devil and the devil says if you're the son of god prove it hmm. it's like god just told him <laughs> and i feel <laughs> like that's my battle yeah. <laughs> that's my battle to believe uh, I am loved. And I think that's all of our battle, yeah. which is why I think Paul and the whole of the Bible dwells on that so much. I don't yeah. know How about you, but I don't, yeah. I don't just wake up naturally feeling like I am loved by my father mm-hmm. and secure and always ready. Yeah. Me. Not often. Right. Uh, it's, I think it's a, it's a discipline and an exercise that we walk in and, you know, need to exercise more. And then having people in our life who are helping us exercise those muscles while we hopefully kind of help them in that too. Cause you know, you might not be inclined. You might not be inclined to think of yourself as beloved, or you might be inclined to um, think of yourself like think so highly of yourself that like you know you don't need the love of God, or you don't need um, anything else. And so I think there's two extremes which are terribly dangerous. Um, but you know, finding this reality of hey, you are a beloved child of God, and that does something to you, it kind of starts to transform you a little bit. So um, yeah, yeah. I can only think that I've achieved it if I am completely fooling myself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah and, right, right. And not not or it's a very fragile. You know, it's again propped up by superficial success sure. or position or that kind of thing. But yeah. if I really am walking knowing myself, I do need the grace of God to yeah. understand it. It's like Luther said, I preach the gospel of myself every day because I forget it every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like that is that is why so much of the Bible is about that. Yeah. Yeah. Our standing in Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, there was a book I, I didn't mention I, I was going to introduce called Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices by mm. Thomas Brooks. He wrote this in 1652, and he did a major study of how Satan operates. Mm. And I, as a, a new pastor, I ran off his index and put it in the front of my Bible for whenever I was encountering people to kind of think what the situation was. But he says Satan operates in three basic ways. Um, he operates by distracting us by discouraging us, and then the primary way he develops is by deceiving us, hmm. uh, by just confusing us about what the truth is. Yeah. And, and I think that that's often underrated sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, talk about the belt of truth. 
but um, which is part of the armor that holds everything else together. Yeah. But um, I, I, he has one section in here that says, before we sin, Satan says, oh, go ahead. God's grace is big. He will forgive you. And then mm-hmm. after we sin, Satan says, how can you crawl back mm-hmm. to God? You you knew this was wrong when you did it. How can you expect him to forgive you now? Yeah, well, you know, yeah. and then he just does that judo move. And there, so the index is actually worth the price of the book. But Thomas Brooks, it's a pretty accessible book for being written in 1652. Yeah. Um, but I remember dog-earing a copy. I wore one copy out. And then this one is all like, it's so much underlined that there's... Almost more underlined than not underlined. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do recommend this if somebody really wants to study it. But he just brings it down that it's not always spooky spiritual yeah. the feeling. A lot of time it is just convincing us to believe lies. Yeah. Yeah. And which, you know, brings up kind of an interesting point in terms of lies and deception. Because, you know, I would say that these conversations aren't always in the forefront of, you know, spiritual development. And if it's such a big deal that Paul thought notable to mention this in detail, um, you know, how does this, how do we, I guess, become a bit more aware of kind of these forces in our own life? Like what is necessary of our rhythms, of our habits, of our practices in order to, um, to identify some of those forces in our own lives? Because it's not something we often talk about. And I think it maybe it would benefit us to talk about it a bit more. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I do think the lies being part of spiritual warfare helped me not just look at it as some unique realm. And I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I think that I naturally don't tend to go there thinking about what lies are operating underneath my faith. I may technically under, know what I should believe, but yeah. like, what am I actually believing yeah. in a situation? Yeah. So um, I find that operates. I mean, I find when, I've, when I have unanswered prayer, things I'm praying about, that, you know, on the surface of it, I can say I trust God. Underneath it, I can be acting like a spoiled brat, throwing a temper and out of sorts and cranky yeah. with God, um, even. And I, that that needs some excavation. But that is a that is a very spiritually vulnerable place to be. Yeah. Where I think God is not good, God is not paying attention. Yeah. I'm going to need to meet this need in my own force, you yeah. know. Yeah. Or I deserve better. All, all that stuff is really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a bad climate for anything good to come out of me. I'm sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that I think it's part of it. I I was gonna mention too, like I think, um, it's it's a tightrope to divide what just the evil of the world, the flesh, and the devil. And I I honestly a lot of times appreciate the humility of saying I don't really know. I know it's in that quadrant of the mm-hmm. world, the flesh, the devil. Because mm-hmm. I take even this this hideous, horrendous shooting in this. Mm-hmm. Sweet church is a, a PCA church in Nashville, a sweet school. Um, yeah, just to continue that thought, it's like, so, I mean, on the one hand, the devil is at work. I know he delights in violence. He's a murderer from the beginning, yeah. all of that. But I also think it's important that we don't say there's just nothing we can do at all about yeah. this. Yeah. Um, as well as, um, you know, the wickedness that's just in the human heart yeah. of resentment, bitterness, um, uh, all those things that can can fuel in that, and it's an intersection of those yeah. those things. Yeah. But like that's just horrific. Yeah. Like, and there's so many things going on in the world that where Satan really exposes that evil or yeah. evil the human heart or the evil the world's systems. Yeah. The fact that our political leaders can't come up with solutions to most all of the big problems, the yeah. economy. Yeah. All of that. I mean, mm. we know the economy doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. We know there's a violence that 
that we're not able to legislate our ways out of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's silly to think that we can. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of highlighting the different forces, even kind of like uh, politically, but then kind of locally and just all that stuff. It kind of, yeah. When you see the different quadrants, as you kind of said, it kind of brings to light or hopefully brings about an awareness, which I think if we're going to address anything, awareness is kind of the first step in that. So, um, yeah. Those powers, like Colossians talks about the powers yeah. being defeated, you yeah. know, and um, uh, NT, right? Help me with this. And I think uh, probably also influenced Tim Mackey, who also has some brilliant teaching on the powers, yeah. you know, and those powers are not just, again, spooky spiritual. They come down into the way society is organized yeah yeah and the reason i mean you would think we could solve the economy somewhat yeah. for instance but it just seems like when we do one thing it has an unintended consequence for this quadrant and yeah. these people suffer yeah and uh, i think nt Wright is right when he says like these these things are occupied by hostile evil powers yeah. who want to demean the image of god that's in us yeah and yeah. so poverty racism um Slavery in the world, all yeah. those things. Why do they operate? Yeah, you know, we know better. Yeah, we could educate ourselves at them. I mean, why does anybody smoke a cigarette? Choose to smoke a cigarette today yeah. when they know what it does to lungs. Yeah. But you know, it, it there's more behind it sure. than what education can solve. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a that'd be a whole uh, other podcast too to to jump into some of those really important topics, especially like as you mentioned, kind of the, the church in Nashville, like that. Uh, you know. A lot of things oh, that we could kind of wrestle with and mourn there. Yeah, yeah. My heart just hurts, uh, you know, and I know some people who intersect uh, with some relationships in that congregation. And, um, yeah, and we do need to pray for divine protection. I mean, yeah. deliver us from the evil one. Yeah. Um, I, that prayer is so humble in a sense. It doesn't say make me strong so that I can overcome the evil one. Yeah. It just is a cry for a deliver us. And yeah. I think... I know. I know. I find myself praying that when I hear that, like, Lord, just have mercy upon yeah. your world and your church and all of us. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you mentioning that. Um, so for the last portion, we jump into questions, which we got a handful of today. Um, some of which we probably can't answer. Some of which, you know, uh, we're entering into the mystery and we may not be able to, just like any questions regarding sermons, some we get clarity on, but some, you know, God, uh, God probably lets us experience some holy mystery, which is never a bad thing. It's challenging, but never a bad thing. So, um, I'm going to set the time for eight minutes. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure this could... I'm sure we'll fill up every moment of that. So uh, I'm just go through these uh, in linear fashion, and we'll kind of wrestle okay. with, the, with them as long as we can. So um, first one, God wants us to love and obey uh, him from free will or else we are puppets. But we don't all most of the time. But we don't all most of the time. Satan and his uh, minions are not uh, omnipresent nor omniscient. Do we have an inherent evil in ourselves? So I guess that's the big question here. Do we have an inherent evil in ourselves? Yeah. Well, I do think uh, there's that verse where it talks about Jesus, where it says there was nothing in him for Satan to lay hold of. There mm. was, there was, you know, and so Christ did did not, but he truly could be tempted in human nature. I mean, mm. he had to he had to win that righteousness, that perfect righteousness through his obedience. Um, but in us, um, there is a handle. There are many things Satan can manipulate. Yeah. And we can turn on a dime. Yeah, yeah. So I can be in a spiritual frame of mind and have had a great worship service or meeting or fellowship or Bible study, and it doesn't take much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do think there there's definitely is evil with, within us. I think of this, you know, the derangement of, of 
shootings and violence. Yeah. Number one cause of child death in America. Yeah. Is is that so? It's just like how can that be? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a very preventable. In in America, I yeah. mean, so it's a but. So and the suicide rate and like all these things to cause us to despair. Um, there has to be something that is prone and weak True. to give into that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I definitely. I do think. The Bible teaches that we are all affected by sin in all of our parts. Yeah, you know? yeah. And um, that me- doesn't mean we're all as evil as we could be. Praise God. We still have the image of God in us. Yeah. But we're vulnerable in all those parts. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, second question. God loves us so much that he sent his only son to take our sins upon himself. Why does he allow these evil spirits to continue to exist? That's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Why does he allow them? Um, yeah. Boy, at that point, I think I have to respect the silences of Scripture. It doesn't really talk about why. I'm trying to think of a verse or a passage. um, And all that I can say is somehow this fulfills the final greater purpose. Yeah. um, And you think of all this suffering. Like without some of these uh, challenges, there would be no such thing as courage. Like in a perfect world. I don't know what courage will look like in the new heavens and new earth. Sure. Yeah. Will I be afraid of anything? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we can hang glide enough to worry about dying another death or yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, bungee jumping or whatever. But sure. Will there be risk to stand up for a person who's being oppressed? Yeah. No, because mm-hmm. there'll be no oppression. Yeah, yeah. So there'll be no MLKs produced yeah. because there will not be that kind of suffering. So, yeah. it, so this world in this area is important to kind of create monuments to those virtues yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Which you couldn't have otherwise unless there were some broken elements that those virtues are kind of pushing against in some ways. So yeah. The yeah. victory will be all the more sweet. I mean, sure. maybe that's a way to think of it. But, yeah. but Scripture doesn't really tell us yeah. all yeah. the why, especially about that. The rebellion, which seems to be a rebellion that created the demonic forces that are merely fallen angels. Yeah, yeah. So uh, God hasn't... I, I, always, I think it's important to remember, Satan is not the opposite of God. Satan is the opposite of... High angels, yeah, um, and there's only one, all powerful, all knowing, all present, yeah, you know, all wise God, yeah, and Satan is not in any way his equal, yeah, but he's he's stronger than me, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, it's a good distinction and way to kind of categorize that, but too. but greater is he that is in you than yeah than him, yeah, that's true, you know? yeah, so <laughs> so it's kind of recognizing that place, yeah. Yeah, which you can't really do without bandwidth. And you were kind of talking about it earlier of uh, just kind of slowing down to create space to kind of observe the evil forces, but then observing the forces and the kind of power and authority that God's kind of given us as his kids, as his beloved. So, um, yeah. Uh, Next question. Um, The Trinity is a singularity. So did God the Father really forsake Jesus on the cross or wasn't God the Father with him also bearing our sins? (laughs) That's that's another one. The theology of the Trinity. <laughs> I do think there have been some unfortunate statements that I used to probably also make. Sure. I heard good theologians, people I thought were good theologians make on the cross <laughs> that probably dissected the Trinity. Yeah. So this questioner shows they've thought pretty deeply about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't, I think it's dangerous. I know we have the lyric, the father turned his face away. I think there's a, there's some danger if we take that as absolute. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, obviously evil, God doesn't have fellowship with sin. But I've heard people say, you know, your sin separates you from God. God cannot look with on evilness with favor. I think it's from in the book of Habakkuk. Sure, yeah. 
If that is true though of me, if my if when I am sinning, God cannot even look at me, I'm sunk. I mean, that means that he is not with me, he's not making me more than a conqueror, he's yeah. not abundant. And I, I think that's wrong thinking. Sure. Um, so um, I have pulled back from saying that. I mean, there there was a sermon I heard once that said, you know, when Jesus was dying on the cross and sin was laid on him, God was damning Jesus to, you know, suffer. And there's some things that I think are highly exaggerated and very maybe damagingly speculative about sure. that. Yeah. I, I would rather say that when Jesus was offering himself on the cross and he took uh, my sin upon himself and fulfilled that, God was never more pleased with him than at that moment. I yeah. mean, if God could be more pleased. I mean, yeah. it was amazing act of glorifying God and yeah. trust and, you know. But in terms of the felt sense that Jesus had never, ever been tainted by sin at all. Yeah. So that moment, I don't know, it's shrouded. The Bible just doesn't say it that way, though. Yeah. It doesn't say that the Father totally separated himself or... Yeah. It just says, you know, the world grew dark. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. So, again, I'd, I'd respect the silence of Scripture and be careful not to. And, yeah, I maybe ruined the lyrics of that song, The Father Turned His <laughs> Face Away. But but let's be careful with that. Yeah, yeah. Because the Bible doesn't really exactly say that. Yeah, yeah. I think we're probably seeing that somewhere around Easter, but whether it's Monday, Thursday or something else. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a good point. Um, even understanding that, like, the Trinity, that word's not used in the Bible, um, but it's more of a, a way of processing God that came about years later. Um, and so, but there's a, it's, they call it the mystery of the Trinity. So there's some components that we just can't really capture. And so, um yeah, so I'm glad that we're giving space for that that kind of mystery stuff. We can go through a couple more if you want, real quick. Or we'll, sure, let's give it a try. Sure, we'll we'll, um, we'll do speed round since our timer's over. Um, next one: Do these evil spirits have anything to do with natural disasters like the tornado that killed so many in Mississippi uh, this last week? I know. My only my guess there would be because when Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves, you know that there were forces operating on it. But I don't know. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say that Satan can uh, control the weather. Um, can we control the weather? We haven't figured out a way to make it rain when there's drought. We haven't yeah. figured out, you know. So I'm not really sure what Satan is capable of in this natural realm. Sure. Maybe, I may be missing something, but yeah. Uh, but Jesus did rebuke the wind and the waves and said, peace be still. And yeah. So was it just his authority over creation as a creator, a fallen mm -hmm. creation? Yeah. Um, or were there evil forces trying to capsize his boat? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some I there. <laughs> I, I know Paul said to the Thessalonians, Satan prevented him from coming to see them. Hmm. And I wonder how he knew that. Hmm. But the Holy Spirit let him write it, so it must be true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Some of the mystery is kind of shrouded in mystery, once again. <laughs> I often don't know. I yeah. often don't know, like, did I get the flat tire because God knew I wasn't supposed to go and preach at sure. that church that night? Or yeah. Whatever, or was that Satan? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Do you feel like I you don't? Know? I, you know, I was reading. A, I'm reading a book right now. that's kind of how uh, talks a little bit about this of like just instances in life. It's kind of more talking about like when a loved one passed away. Uh, just kind of like you know, some there's a there's a field of study like on just kind of near death experiences, like all these things, really remarkable. But it kind of talks about like this kind of weird realm at which we don't talk a lot about that science can't really pin down but um it talks about like these forces in some ways and so um 
I, yeah, believe they're there, but it's hard to pin down and definitively say like, oh, that was, you know, God prevented me from doing this or that was, you know, Satan. Sometimes my kind of mode of operations, I look in, I look at after the fact and say, man, I really dodged a bullet there um, because I got that flat tire. I'm going to say that, that, you know, in some ways it was a blessing from God because here I am avoiding something very, you know, serious because of this other instance or, you know, something then bad happens or there's a you know, frustration or something. Um, you know, I can't imagine that Satan's not rejoicing to a degree. So whether or not, you know, the, 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 the Satan, Satan, it was, you know, credited to that. I don't know, but, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to definitively say, cause we are still, um, very finite beings and a finite world, um, with bodies that are continuing to, um, break down over time and all that stuff. So, um, some things that I think we'll get clarity on, uh, kind of, when heaven comes to earth and when we kind of see things a bit more differently then. So I don't know. It's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the last one we can go through quick. How much are these evil powers behind events like Russia's totally evil invasion of Ukraine or is it mostly a man's misplaced ego? Yeah, that's a, that's a interesting question. And again, I think it's that intersection probably. Yeah. There may well be an interplay. Satan is producing a context of the world yeah. and security and the shaping of that human heart. Yeah. But, um, you know, you take a Putin or you take a Hitler or, um, again, the designers and architects of 9-11. Yeah. You know, bitterness, resentment, insecurity, hatred, racism, all those things moving together. And yeah. Then unleashing itself. The human heart is pretty capable of a lot of that. Yeah. But it can be furthered along and maybe uh, maybe there's satanic realms adjusting who a population votes for yeah. and gets into power and yeah. all that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I would say all of the above yeah. is work. All, all the different it. levels to it. Um, have you read the book Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis? Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel like that does a good job at adding kind of commentary, at least helping us imagine what it could look like for there to be a different realm that kind of, even in the smallest, most minute, most seemingly insignificant details of our life, just kind of like um, curating us into to, um, to beings that love Jesus or beings that are just want to be so far removed from it. It's a really interesting approach to it, but I, I thought of that as we were chatting. Yeah, you mentioned Screwtape Letters, and I would say... Uh, if as that looks at the operation of Satan on our lives, there's yeah. the the book, The Great Divorce, that pictures people um, unable to shed their sins. Yeah, it's a yeah. very powerful way he does it. But you know, you have people who just can't get over grumbling, and he says like they just become a. He says it's not just that this woman is grumbling, but is there anything other than a grumble there? Like yeah. remove the whole soul. It's grumbling, and um, yeah. there's one feature in there of a woman who's I think her she had a loved one who was murdered and horrible injustice that she had, but she cannot get out of self-pity. Mm. And it, you just see that her whole soul has been warped in that, yeah. you know? So it shows the possibility of our human souls to just completely collapse yeah. into resentment or bitterness or yeah. some other sin. And, and after a while we get stuck in that place and just diminish, yeah. diminish the place of God in our life. Yeah. So both those, I, I really, my favorite is the great divorce, yeah. I think. And just in terms of the portraits are, I think they're scary. Yeah. I can, I can recognize myself oh, yeah. in those portraits, but um, Screwtape Letters is masterful. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. 
it's, yeah, a little scary as well. But yeah, really, really kind of fascinating approach to helping us. Um, I would recommend both those things. books as much more accessible than this one that I talked about, Precious <laughs> Remedies by Thomas Brooks. But yeah, um, yeah C.S. Lewis on both those was really powerful. Yeah, good writer. So, well, hey, that's all the questions that we got. Uh, we did go a little over today. Thanks for your graciousness. Um, but as always, if you ever have any questions about sermons, send them in. Um, but this Sunday is Palm Sunday, so we're switching gears. This is the end of this current yes. series, Making All Things New. Now we're kind of jumping into the Easter season. Anything that should be shared about that? Um, yeah, all I'd say is, yeah, we're going to have the passing of the palms. And then that week, I mean, we want to set you up to walk with the events of Holy Week and what Jesus did. And so we've got special Monday, Thursday, uh, NLPC facility with the Lord's Supper, Jeff mm-hmm. Lample, and then Good Friday here, special service. Yeah. Uh, my daughter and son-in-law are uh, great musicians, and they're going to help lead us in a reflective time around the cross. Um, and then just Easter Sunday, like bring your friends, yeah. uh, bring your family. It's going to be great. Yeah. And you can learn more um, by visiting clcfamily.church slash Easter. A lot coming up. And an Easter egg hunt this weekend, which I think I'm going to bring my girls to. Man, they're not I old enough. Great. They're not old enough to pick up eggs, but I'll pick up eggs for them. And, it's gonna be, and then I'll eat the candy for them, too. Uh, it's a great, great photo op for them to <laughs> yeah. be around those, those Easter eggs <laughs> and then show them later. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um, well, hey, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Okay, thanks.